0: Love Talk Radio.
1: In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial commonplace.
2: In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas... The first reports say that President
3: Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting.
4: It is a big idea. A new world
1: order. It was almost as if it were a planned implosion. It just pancakes.
4: Either you are with us, or you are with the terrorists.
2: A lot of gun owners would agree that AK-47s belong in the hands of soldiers,
5: not in the hands of criminals.
6: wrongdoings of our imperial past by submitting to massive immigration into our homeland. This argument depends upon white guilt. Some of our people get a rush from indulging in ethnomasochism. But we can smash this politically correct charade simply by refusing to apologize for who we are. I'm not sorry for the colonization of indigenous peoples. After Europeans left, they went back to their third world ways. Moreover, these people create nothing new, except for dictatorship, cannibalism, poverty, and civil war. I'm not sorry for apartheid. After the native Africans took control, they slaughtered the whites in the area just as they did in Haiti. Have a look at what happened under Robert Mugabe. I'm not sorry for slavery. Every race on the planet has practiced slavery at one point or another more whites were abducted and enslaved by Muslims than the number of blacks enslaved by whites. It was whites who founded the abolitionist movement and fought to end slavery. Today, various tribes in Africa continue to enslave each other, yet they say there's only blood on the hands of Europeans. If anything, under white rule, third world countries had a higher standard of living than they could ever produce on their own. After we leave you to yourselves, what we build for you is destroyed. We are not dependent on you. If anything, you need us. I'm not sorry for the Crusades. Our ancestors courageously fought to drive Islam out of Europe. If it weren't for their valor, our entire civilization would be under Islamic tyranny. That same heroic spirit still flows through the blood of our people today. Ethno-nationalism among Europeans is rising in the face of invaders. I'm not sorry for imperialism. The Mongols built the largest empire in human history, but nobody suggests that they should be denied their sense of cultural and racial identity. The issue isn't that our ancestors were imperialists. It's that we were the best at it. We came, we saw, we conquered. Such allegations against the entire white world are just excuses to rob us of our once prosperous homelands. Saudi Arabia insists that Europe should take in more refugees when there are rich oil state capable of housing millions of them. Instead of importing their own kinsmen to their country, they offered to build mosques in Germany. I'm not sorry for the alleged Holocaust. The Soviet commissars murdered at least 30 million of my people in Eastern Europe. We don't hear about these atrocities because Jews weren't the victims, but the culprits. I refuse to shed a tear for your Hollywood narrative. When the Jews fled Europe following the Second World War, they proceeded to ethnically cleanse the Palestinians to establish Israel, This displacement in the Middle East created resentment towards the Western world. The Zionists drive them out, and we have to take them in. Liberals will claim they're standing for human rights, but the minute you tell them whites have the right to self-determination, they scream, you're part of the problem, thereby embracing the cultural and...
7: Solution. So this is what I've drafted up here. Is that this is what needs to be done? At least in my state, if if I was elected as the uh, in the public office that I'm running for. Uh, I had a long day today. I was down in Raleigh, um, fighting against the licensing board, trying to argue how unconstitutional they are. And the maggot lawyer that was representing the uh, the. Uh, private protective services board is just uh i don't really want to talk about that right now it's, uh, it's just it's got me really i was really pissed off when i left here. it's about two hour and a half hour drive i just got back about 30, 30 minutes ago and uh i was down there all day i mean it was a long hearing i, I don't imagine what the transcripts are going to cost for this i mean i can only imagine if if, if i lose because the judge couldn't rule she's want to think about things because I I proved the case. I proved they're they're unconstitutional. It it conflicts with statute. The statute states very clearly that there's a disqualification process that they use out of the 23,000 applicants a year that they review, that they only have four processors. How can they discriminate against one and not the other when they have 25% of their applicants that have criminal records that are applying for the positions that they're licensing? But yet they're going to disqualify a few, handpick those that they don't want, especially those conservatives or those like me who have run for public office on a Republican ticket. You see, we're not going to allow that because it's the Democratic-appointed licensing board that has 14 people on the board that are all picked, handpicked by the governor who is a Democrat. You really think they're going to let a Republican obtain any type of certification? Hell no. And I proved that today when I got him on the witness stand, and I tore – him apart, caught him in so many lies. It wasn't even funny. I mean, he just. I mean, they use their own private policy. They subvert the statute. This board, they subvert the statute and use their own private policy. To handpick who they choose, who they're going to certify for these licensing jobs. This, it that is violates the statute, violates art, uh, Article One, Section Two of the North Carolina State Constitution. The fruits of my labor. I mean, I just, it just, it's just, and and they, they do have a disqualification process. Like if you're a, 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 a violent offender, if you have, if you've been convicted of a violent crime while you had your license, you'll lose it. If you have a sex crime, you will, you will lose it. Okay, those are on stat, those are on the books, but. The majority of the people that are denied, including myself, they aren't—they're not denied for their crimes. They're denied because of their a political affiliation. Because I'm not convicted of anything here in North Carolina that, that would—that—that's according to the statute, that would deny me. So why was I denied? They said moral character. I lack moral character. And how did you define that? He could not answer the question. Could not define. Could not answer the question by their own standards that. Something popped up a red flag that's that that says my I lack moral care I lack moral care I lack moral character. <laughs> Might get into a little bit more of that here uh, a little bit later on here. But uh, this moral character thing, um but uh oh boy. Anyway, uh first of all we gotta defund the testing and tracking and tracking law. On May, 20, May 2, May second, twenty twenty, the uh N C G A led uh by um President Pro Temp of the uh, Senate, Phil Berger, and Speaker uh, Tim Moore ratified the passage session law of 2020-4 House Bill 1043, which authorized $25 million to the uh, Department of Health and Human Services to, to be used and to expand public and private initiatives for COVID-19 testing, um, in which contact tracing and uh, trends tracking and analysis through, but not limited to um, uh, the following ways here. Which, which, like I said, this this needs to be repealed, and uh, it, it, it's a waste. Uh, building capacity for widespread COVID-19 diagnostic testing to enable uh, rapid case-based interventions. Building capacity for widespread COVID-19 antibody uh, testing to enable rapid deployment when such testing becomes. Available, expanding contact tracing workforce and infrastructure to routinely identify potentially exposed persons and take appropriate public health actions. Really, increasing research and data tools and analysis infrastructure to support better productivity uh, and models and surveillance and surveillance. To get that surveillance now and response strategies. They they issued twenty-five million dollars in state budget for that. It needs to be repealed. Governor Cooper signed uh, signed it into law on May fourth, 2020. Got to be repealed, folks. All right. Uh, enact rights to privacy law. Medical freedom law must include the rights to privacy modeled on Article 1, Section 23 of the, four, of, of, for instance, an example for the Constitution, which was adopted in uh, May Uh, 1998. Section 23, right of privacy. Every natural person has the right to be left alone and free from government intrusion into the person's private life, except as otherwise provided herein. This section shall not be construed to limit the public's right of access to public records and meetings as provided by law. So basically, your constitutional rights should be always enforced and always protected no matter what uh replace de- uh the declaration of patient rights which is uh NCGS 13 1E-117 with the North Carolina Patient's Bill of Rights. And that should be done right away. Um and we'll model it after Florida's patient uh uh patient bill of rights and responsibilities uh which is which is a, a pretty good uh set number 2 uh, amend emergency powers act NCGS 166A. Okay? Model on amendment, what we'll, 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 we'll do is we'll model this after uh, the Pennsylvania Constitution. Constitutions, uh, they got a good good uh, policy up there. Uh, their disaster emergency de- uh, declaration of management. A disaster emergency declaration may be declared by um, uh, executive order. Nope wrong or a proclamation by the governor upon finding that a disaster has occurred or that the occurrence or threat of a disaster is imminent that threatens the health, safety, and welfare of the the Commonwealth. A little bad weather does not give the governor the right to suspend anyone's constitutional rights. Okay? No. Got to go. Got to go. In furtherance, each disaster emergency declaration issued by the governor under subsection a shall indicate the nature, e, nature each area threatened and the conditions of the disaster including whether the disaster is a natural disaster military emergency public health emergency technological disaster or other general emergency or as defined by statute the general assembly shall by statute provide for the manner of for which in which each type of disaster enumerated under the subsection shall be managed a disaster emergency declaration under subsection a shall be shall be in effect for no more than 21 days, unless otherwise extended in whole or part by concurrent resolution of the General Assembly, not the governor, one man, one dictator, one king, thinks he can rule the state. Upon the expiration of a disaster emergency declaration under subsection A, the governor may not issue a new disaster emergency declaration based upon the same or substantially similar facts and circumstances without the passage of a concurrent resolution of the General Assembly expressly approving the new disaster emergency declaration. Law must include that no disaster emergency declaration by the state or local government shall violate the constitutional rights and civil liberties of individual citizens. That's it. That's Right? Everyone, I'm sure, would agree with that. Those that don't... Remember, those that sacrifice liberty for a little bit of security does he deserve it? neither okay number three replace minor consent law GS 90-21.5 as amended by session law 2021 uh house bill 96 110 uh, notwithstanding any other provisions of law to the contrary a health care provider shall obtain written consent from a parent or a legal guardian for any and all medical treatment, dental, behavior, and health services provided to an individual under 18 years of age. Any individual who is under 18 years of age who is emancipated may consent to medical treatment, dental, behavior, and uh, health services for himself or for his or her child. Enact comprehensive school choice law. North Carolina parents deserve the flexibility to choose which educational environment works best for them and their K-12 students. Every child is different, and the learning environment that works for one student does not always benefit another. Parents can send their K-12 students to public school designated for their home address or choose a private Charter, religious, uh, virtual, or homeschool. Provide to, uh, provide to all parents of K-12 students up to a $10,000 per child direct, directly to the child's parents to choose a private, charter, religious, virtual, or homeschool. National law needs to be enacted. Amend abortion law. Enact a law banning all abortions for all reasons and ban all funding for support abortion. Planned parenthood and research using aborted fetal tissue. Okay, period. End of story. Enact comprehensive voter integrity law. Law must include Chapter 163 of the North Carolina General Statutes is to be rewritten completely. The rewritten law must include consequences for violations. The use of hand-marked paper ballots that are numbered sequenced, watermarked, and with a Mylar-wrapped RFID insert, much like our money is watermarked, to detect counterfeit versus real. Uh, next point. Ballot production should be a secure as currency ballot, ballot integrity project. Recommendations are on vote, voteinthem.com announcing the ballot integrity project. That's, I, I support that. All right. Hand count of all paper ballots by volunteers of counting uh, tables and cameras and in openly transparent environment, most like used by Arizona during the uh, audit. Each voter precinct must not have more than 3,000 vote, voters, excuse me, ID is required of each voter. For voters who do not have a driver's license or valid photo ID, the voter must provide his or her address, birth date, and last four digits of SSN number with, uh, uh, with when voting in person. Mail-in ballots are available only to voters who cannot vote in person physically for work-related or documented health reasons. Mail-in ballots require signature verification to be hand-counted in the same manner as in-person ballots, and only on Election Day. Electronic online voting is not permitted. Election Day is a state holiday. Okay? North Carolina's voter registration system requires qualified Database analysis who provide recommendations for the structure and maintenance of the database with proper audit controls. North Carolina voter registration is maintained at the county level in each county, self-contained computer system and backup, not at the state level. North Carolina voter registration and election data must not be stored in the cloud. Qualified database analysis must review the maintenance of each county voter registration data, and computer system, and provide a biannual update to the Election Oversight Committee. County boards of election are to be bipartisan, and two members of each party and the chairperson to be appointed by the county's board of commissioners, totaling five members. State, county, and local government, their employees are prohibited from applying for for and accepting monetary and in-kind donations. Recall of any person holding a public office of state, county, or local government, including state and county boards of election, either by election or appointment, model after the Montana Recall Act. All right. That's that's uh, a lot of the voting stuff that I will support. and These are things that I'm going to be doing. It went, it went, so you guys miss it, then go back and listen to the podcast. All right. Any person holding a public office of the state or any of political office subdivision either by election or appointment, is subject to recall from office. A public officer holding an elective office may be recalled by the qualified electors entitled to vote for the elective office, office officer's uh, successor. A public officer holding an appoint, uh, appointive Office may be recalled by the qualified electors entitled to vote for the successor or successors of the elective officer or officers who have the authority to appoint a person to that position. No more governor appointments. Physical or mental lack of fitness, incompetence, violation of the oath of office, official misconduct, or conviction of a felony offense are the only grounds for recall. A person may not be recalled for performing a mandatory duty of the office that day. The person holds, or for not performing any act that is that, if performed, was subject the person to persecution for official misconduct. Number seven: repeal new Green Deal laws and enact comprehensive anti-ESG law. On August second, two thousand seven, two thousand seven, the NCGA led by President of the Senate, uh, Senate. Beverly Purdue and Speaker Joe Hackney ratified the passage of Session Law 2007-397, Senate Bill 3, promote renewable energy, base load generation. Governor Easley signed it into law on August 20th, 2007. On October 7, 2021, the NCGA, led by the President Pro Temp Bill Berger and Speaker Tim Moore, Ratified the passage session law of 2021-165, House Bill 951, Energy Solutions for NC. Governor Cooper signed it into law on October 13, 2021. Got to go. North Carolina. Physicist John uh, drews Phil wrote an excellent summary of some of his concerns about Session Law 2021-165, House Bill 951. You can go to electionintegrityinfo slash energy HB 951, commentary PDF. Look it up. Enact comprehensive anti-ESG law. Enact a comprehensive anti-ESG law that prohibits banks and businesses from using social credit scores. Modeled after New Hampshire's bill, HB 1469. And you want to look that up, you can go to uh, HTTPS, legislation, Ken.com, NH text, slash HB 14, uh, 1469 forward slash ID 2462053 if you want to look up what that's about. All right, next. Here we go here. Uh, let's see here. Repeal Certificate of Need Con Law, NCGS Chapter 131E, Article 9. Certificate of need con laws restrict access to care, put government control ahead of patients and doctors. They handcuff health providers from offering care in their communities. Increase health care costs by preventing competition, undermine the doctor-patient relationship, and add anxiety about the quality of care when we are most vulnerable. North Carolina families deserve access to quality care and lower costs, enumerated by government control. Certificate of need con is a regulation that limits health care supplies unless state care planners determine a specific need based on the theory that the economics of health care is unlike any other market. Con laws use central planning to try to uh, reduce health care costs by keeping health care facilities from buying too much equipment, building too much capacity, and and adding too many beds. Other than a few exemptions to the rule, medical providers with with plans to build or expand an existing health care facility, offer new services or update major medical equipment, must ask for and receive permission from the State Health Coordinating Council, SACC. Congress enacted con laws under the Federal Health Planning Resources Development Act in 1974, intending to cut down on health care cost inflation. The federal government repealed the con mandate in 1987 because the program did not effectively restrain costs. Four decades' worth of data and research into con laws consistently find that they fail to lower health care costs. Limiting the supply of health care services is far more likely to cause increase in health care costs because it reduces competition. Since the federal con repeal, 15 states have re- have have repeals have repealed their con programs. North Carolina did not. North Carolina has one of the most stringent con programs in the nation, regulating over 25 services that range from kidney dialysis units to mental health services to to um, uh, uh, surgical, center, uh, surgical centers. In 2005. North Carolina reformed the con law to allow gastroenterologist. Boy, that's a hell of a word, boy. Gastroenter gastro gastroenterologist. I can't pronounce that. To perform the uh, colonoscopies in their uh, their own. Um, uh, endo, uh, uh, endoscopic units. The utilization of these services increased by 28% over four years, yet overall Medicare savings still amounted to more than $224 million, Okay, Within six years, as procedures performed in freestanding facilities are reimbursed at a lesser rate than those performed in full-service hospitals. The NCGA also allows select world hospitals to bypass the con process for, prop- for purposes of adding a, or converting unused acute care beds into inpatient behavioral health beds. The exemption aligns with the mission of the state's task force on mental health and substance abuse to epidemic treatment for psychiatric and substance abuse needs. The State Health Coordinating Council and other Proponents of the con law argue that uh, centralized decision-making must remain intact to prevent um, duplicative uh, services and underused facilities that may yield low-quality care. Next page and last page here. i got a, there's a bunch of stuff here that I've got you know, that I'm proposing that needs to be enacted in North Carolina to fix things. And this is what we've got to do to fix things, folks. We've got to outline a plan and implement it. And if we're not going to do it, then screw it. Let's just let them, let them run rampant. Let them run rabbit, Let them do whatever they're going to do. Don't cry about your rights. I don't want to hear about Joe Biden's laptop no more. I don't want to hear about the Russian space station. I don't want to hear about China or Taiwan. I don't want to hear about it. Because it's all waste of time. That's what it is. Unless we're going to get out there and do something about it, then there's no reason to talk about it anymore. It's time to start acting. So this is the plan that I want to enact here in North Carolina, and this should be a good model for the rest of the states. And I do model some of this stuff after other states that have been successful. Supporters of con laws claim they are necessary to ensure hospitals can provide uh, charity care or can accommodate those without insurance or those who have trouble paying for medical care. Studies have shown there is no difference in the amount of charity care between states that impose con laws and states that do not. Con states have 30% fewer rural hospitals and 13% fewer rural uh, ambulatory surgical. Uh, centers compared to states without con laws. The elderly, the poor people, under time constraints, people with emergency medical needs would be better served by having medical services nearby rather than traveling to a hospital or clinic fortunate enough to have received con approval for a services or procedure. Con laws would in, inhibit the economic freedom of medical entrepreneurs. All right, number nine, amend North Carolina General General Assembly regular session laws. A regular session shall not exceed six months. Impeach Roy Cooper. We need to get rid of this guy. And don't elect another monster. Anyway, that's what I would do right now. That's why I put Impeach Roy Cooper down there, because he's an unconstitutional governor. I've got a whole stack of this stuff here that I have pulled out that I would do. It takes hours of work to put together, a lot of research, but people made suggestions, other people that sponsored me during the last time I ran. And this is the stuff that needs to be handed out and told to people and what we need to do. For instance, just one more thing here, uh, the right to privacy. Uh, you know, all this stuff, uh, the uh, Replace decoration of Patient, right? I right, went over that one, right? Uh, Emergency Powers Act, I went over that one. Good. All right. So anybody here who's got something they want to add here, press number 1, 657-3830-616, and I'll get you on. And we check the phone board here. I haven't even checked the board yet, see if I have any callers. So let's see here. All right. We got a bunch of people with their hand up, so let's start right at the top. Uh three three zero, you go first.
3: Good afternoon, sir. It's Kay from Akron, Ohio.
7: Oh, yeah, I recognize the voice. I, I didn't recognize the number, though. What, are you calling for a different number?
3: <laughs> oh, I got a new, a new phone number, yeah. Hey, uh, we're in some deep shit now. Anyway, all that might be just put aside, Joe, because I think old Joe Biden just put in a national emergency for climate change.
8: Uh, that really?
5: Yep.
7: Well, yep. I mean, these national emergencies, yeah. And then, like, for instance, North Carolina, They, I don't know if this bill passed or not. I was in the Constitution Party meeting <laughs> last night and somebody told me that they, they slipped in some gun control measures that, that are going to make us register our, our uh, semi-automatic rifles, a- anything, that's, anything that's semi-automatic, anything. Hang on a second. Let me shut that
8: down. Yeah.
7: Anything that's semi-automatic. Let me connect uh, 415, too, bring him on. bring this person on, too. Go ahead. I've got a bunch of people on the line, so I'm going to try to connect everybody. Okay.
8: okay.
9: Go ahead,
7: 415. Look for
9: just a few clouds
10: in the sky. 67. Do you hear me?
7: All right, you got nothing to say? All right, let me reckon I recognize this number. This is Joe here, three two three. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. Now.
8: All right, okay. All right. Okay. All right.
5: Hello?
10: I'm
7: here. I don't know. Like I got three callers connected, and they're not connecting for some reason.
5: 305.
7: Let's go connect this one. 305. Go ahead. Hey, Joe. 323.
5: Mike. I got
7: 323, and I got 305, and I got 415, and I got 330. Go ahead.
5: 305.
7: Can you Mike? hear me, Joe? That's Mike. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. I recognize number. I thought Joe was on 323, but I don't know. why He's not saying anything, so. Yeah.
3: No, I was listening to your intro, man. That was the. Uh... Obviously, you got it—you know—tagged down pretty good. Anybody in North Carolina that doesn't vote for you, it's either because they never heard of you and never had a chance to hear about you, or they're just plain uh, communist. That's a good point. Yeah,
7: that's yeah, yeah. That's a good point, actually. I mean, for instance, they just voted the council county commissioners last night to pave way for the casino. Every single person that cared—I mean, there was standing room only—said no, we don't want it in our county. We don't want the casino we don 't want we don't like it, we don 't want it and 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 the five co- board commissioners this is what they said you guys don't know what 's best we're going we want it that's what they, that's basically what they said <laughs> our okay. elected officials don 't care what the will of the people say
3: you yeah, know that that's actually the concern that crossed my mind when you you know read a couple of those things you were reading about you know the governor not being able to make a decision that it should be a, a board or a committee, even then yeah. you know they 're all even then they're they're going to make sure that they have at least a majority of them that are on the side of, of the agenda, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mike, I got 269 here. Let me bring on
7: 269 too. Let me bring this person on too. Go ahead. 269. Go ahead. If it's a legitimate caller, I don't know. I might be getting uh, – I think I'm getting attacked by trolls in the chat room because I see Ashley's in there. I got a bunch of idiots in the chat room that are just uh, foul There There's punks. There's, you know, listen, you guys are a bunch of – you're suckers, man. Look at you. Look at you, uh, making fun of my son, Uh, let's see here, Uh, uh, you you can't think of nothing better to say. Like I said, I'll leave the porch light on for you anytime you want to come by. You'll never come by. When I go to the gym in the morning, you're never there, okay? 8.30 in the morning, I work out at Gold's Gym every morning between 7.30 and 8.30. You're never there. None of you are ever there, the ones that are going to kick my ass. I I wait all the time in the parking lot for at least a couple minutes, you know, and then, then nothing happens. So I just walk in and go work out, you know, and then I wait, 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 nothing ever, I just... But to be honest with you, I kind of let my guard down. Now I don't even pay attention anymore, you know, because nobody's gonna show up, because you're a bunch of punks.
3: <laughs> well, <be careful. laughs> so go ahead, Mike. Just be careful, because yeah, be careful, because that might, since they are cowards, that might be what they're waiting for you to do is to let your guard down. So yeah, that's right yeah, your not up. That's what cowards you know. do. Just remember, you know? Just remember one thing. If it's gonna oh, happen, Mike, one. if it's gonna
7: happen, let it happen. You know, if anyone's gonna hey, do, do anything to me, they're is. gonna do it anyway. Try
0: it.
7: up Who says this? All right. Who what do we got here? Three two three. Who's three two three? Is that Joe? No. Erico three two three. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute you, mute you then, Mute you then. All right. Uh, let's see here. All right. The Two six nine. Go ahead. Let's see. You, you hung up before. What do you want? Two six nine.
3: Yeah, I support the
5: casino. Uh, even though it's an Indian casino run by the Long Feather i put in some blowjob room and he's all mobbed up, but I still want the casino. By the way, <laughs> can I fuck no you one You got to admit, at least they're creative.
11: Room?
5: Can I fuck yeah. no one in the blowjob
8: room?
7: Yeah, there you go. You got the... Yeah, there you go. That's all you think. Of. You're obviously perverted. You're mental. You must be a closet homo. So you're probably one of those LGBTQ people or one of those I'm transvestites like that want you know?
5: I am right? A- I am like your son, a, a homosexual <laughs>
7: a are you are you a homosexual are you homosexual
5: like noah i I am a homosexual like Noah.
7: Mm-hmm. are you a homosexual, so you are a homosexual,
5: just like Noah, yes, sir,
7: you so you play with yourself in the basement all every day I mean, is that what you do?
5: No, come on, I pick up a horse like Brittany. And she's not fucking black when I will walk her oh she's got Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. Well you know what,
7: Joe? You know
5: what, yeah. Joe? That's the
3: that's precisely the problem is that the communists who have infiltrated and hijacked the United States of America have done a damn good job with all their media sources and everything else over the last, you know, forty, fifty years to just completely obliterate people's minds. Turn them yeah. stupid, turn them dumb. Turn they think it's funny. They think it's funny.
8: Godless.
7: Yeah, Mike, Mike, we're in a well, serious, well, that's a serious problem, problem here. Yeah, no. We're
8: serious.
3: Problems.
7: Are they communists or are they just complaining it fucked hard? Nah, I think they're just idiots. That's all. I mean, they, I don't know what their problem is. You know, I got a bunch of them on the board here, so I, I don't know which numbers <laughs> which. They call in, they block their numbers, you know, or they, or they spoof their caller ID, you know, so who knows. But uh, I, I just dropped. I got Mike and Cave. I know that. I got three two three. I don't know who that is. So let me see. Three two three. Go ahead. No, you scared? Three, three? area code three two three. Do you know your area code? No. All right, probably not. All right, let's try this one then. Uh, let's see here. Four one five. Go ahead. Four one five. Go ahead.
5: Yeah, uh, the guy who said he wanted to fuck Noah. Noah charges money for blowjobs. He learned it from his father. And that's what you want
7: to call into a podcast show about?
5: Your podcast show, yes. Yes, and it's is Noah charges you you too, to too much money.
7: Is this what you, you, you waited your all son day, day to do? Son gay. This and is what you waited all day
5: to do. Negro uh, Sarge. Now you're picking on my callers. Well, right. You are the and one who called stupid- him a filthy nigger. Come on. Why are you just got your voice? Like, it's this is I'm America. Just I'm not my voice at all. You're not. What's your name?
8: <laughs> What's <laughs> your name?
7: Brad. Brad. <laughs> couldn't think of think Brad real quick. I couldn't think of the name Brad.
8: What, what, where are you calling from, Brad? Oh. <laughs> All right, all right, I'm going to
7: mute these guys, I'm going to mute these guys, and uh, Mike, I'm going to give you and Cave the floor, go ahead, you guys got the floor, go ahead.
8: You guys can feed well, off of each other,
7: I, I I know, I trust you guys. Well,
3: if Mike wants to listen to something, i got to do something. Go ahead,
5: Mike. What's that? little yeah, Good, I'm going to give you
7: guys. I'm giving you guys the floor. I'm going to give you guys the floor. You guys go ahead. You got it. Talk. You got whatever you want to say. I'm just going to give you guys the floor. Go ahead, Mike. You got to do whatever you want to do. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. Just, I'll let you guys feed off of each other. Cause I'm not going to open up any more lines. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> you want to go, Mike, or you want me to go? I don't like am Right now I'm cooking dinner, so for my wife who's on the I got right you. Home, so. I got I'll you. Leave. I got you. All right. Well, I'm just usually like you've got a I lot just, to I say. Just wanna, I just want to listen in for a while
5: for the next few okay, minutes. Okay, got you. Got you. I understand. All right. Well, well hey, uh, we
3: with... I got something to play, Joe. It's like, uh, I think it's two minutes and 24 seconds long. All right, go ahead. Okay.
12: The problem, on the ballot the election process itself it's corrupt I grew up in North Philadelphia we haven't had a clean election in that city in 60 years come on wake up smell the coffee Chicago New York City Philadelphia Los Angeles forget it now with mail-in ballots that's it (laughs) Dave no no
11: I didn't know if you were still
5: there. Yeah, I'm still here.
3: Okay. Oh no, no, what are you to play for me?
7: Anyway, all right, I'm I'll tell you what. I'm gonna play. <laughs> I'm gonna play a documentary then. Well, all right. I'll play a documentary about this. Uh, this uh, aftermath of uh, 9/11. Let me play that for you guys, okay?
8: Two after 9/11, in
2: Afghanistan, America's devastating defeat. The Taliban have taken control of the nation. And at home. Four precedents. The decisions. The mistakes. The consequences. Now, drawing on years of front lines reporting. America after
4: 9-11. This program contains
9: graphic imagery. Viewer discretion is advised.
2: If you're just joining us, you probably already know the World Trade Center Towers, the Twin Towers, the New York landmarks have collapsed and are gone. 9-11. This is huge. This is huge. America attacked. Apparently we're also... Claire, let me to... interrupt you for a second. We now have fire confirmed at the Pentagon. In Washington, D.C., fear.
13: The State Department has now been evacuated. The White House has been evacuated. The Capitol has been evacuated not the
2: to be. The U.S. Capitol, a target. The American
14: public was really not prepared for the idea of an attack on American soil. It is surrealistic, but at the same time, it is one of the darkest days in America. When 9-11 happened, I think mean, it was very easy for people to understand, even at that moment, that we were embarking upon a new era in American history.
2: the nation's leaders began to react.
15: It is almost impossible to imagine that sort of scene occurring today, with members from both sides of the aisle coming
11: together in song, putting country over party at a moment
10: of crisis. prominent Republicans and prominent Democrats, and it was a real gesture of the sense that, that we were going to find something within ourselves that would rise above it and would pull us together.
13: After September 11th, we all are willing to go to war as one against this yet-to-be-seen enemy that is so far away from us. We had a great sense of mission
11: at the time. The American people had a great sense of patriotism. We experienced domestic unity like we never experienced before.
2: But in America's response to 9-11, through three presidencies, a chain of unintended consequences, growing anger, mistrust, division, and ultimately the capital. Again, a target.
1: The January 6th insurrection at the Capitol was the logical endpoint of the 9-11 era. When you have people who can't trust institutions anymore, who are angry that the wars that they were promised great victories in didn't turn out well, they start to to look for people to blame. A lot of people felt hip been lied to. It's
2: no wonder that you would have so much anger, a sense of betrayal, a sense of frustration, particularly among those who served in the military during this period of, of endless wars. It would have to be there.
16: Iraq and Afghanistan to change those societies, to make them more like us. We had great faith in democracy. And yet 20 years later, when you look at where America is today, it's almost as if America has become more like them. Who are
2: we? what do we want to do as a nation? That question too simply on 9-11, we're the good guys. And 20 years later, we found out that we are the enemy, that the biggest national security threat facing the United States is internal. And it has grown partly as a result of American leadership failures over the last 20 years since 9-11. September 11th, it was a tragedy that changed everything. In the aftermath, American presidents were called to action, leading the country through decades of conflict that left a legacy few foresaw, values compromised. Brooklyn. he'd been told about the attack that morning. There he is, the president coming back from a trip that has taken him first to Florida today. And I whispered into his right ear, a second plane hit the second tower. America is under attack. The Secret Service took over. So where is the president of the United States? You know, pretty soon the country needs to know where he is. The president kept out of Washington for hours. They are
17: still quite worried about his own security. The president was in parts very much in a bubble. He was evacuated from Florida. He was on
11: Air
1: Force One
11: flying around the country.
1: The president Bush was flown secretly today from Florida. First to the When the country saw the president a couple of times that day, he seemed unready. He looked like he was the hunted, not the hunter.
2: Nearly 3,000 people were dead. In the days ahead, Bush would be haunted by the question of what he could have done to prevent it.
13: Remember, it was the worst terrorist attack ever on the United States, and it happened on his watch. As president, you do feel a certain responsibility when something as serious as that happens while you're the commander-in-chief.
6: The president now uh, just a few moments away from addressing the nation from the Oval Office. George W. Bush, live in the White
2: House, about to make his comments. That night, the nation waited to hear from him.
6: Well, it's a critical time for him. The nation is being tested. The new president is being tested as well.
2: He would lay out a stark vision of the new world after 9-11.
4: Now we go to the Oval Office and President Bush... America was targeted for attack because we're the brightest beacon for freedom and opportunity in the world. And no one will keep that light from shining. Today, our nation saw evil, the very worst of human nature. George Bush, in his mind, I think did understand
2: that something very evil had happened. And it had happened. It was an evil act, 9-11. It
4: killed thousands of civilians. Tonight I ask for your prayers for all those who grieve, and I pray they will be comforted by a power greater than any of us, spoken through the ages in Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. But
2: once you define yourself as good and the other side as bad, it's a slippery slope because you start thinking anything you do for your cause is good. And we wound up doing some very evil things in the name of goodness. All right. Sad day. In those early days, around the world, the lines between good and evil seemed clear. The world rallied
16: around America. NATO invoked Article 5 for the first time in its history, An attack on one is an attack on
15: all. Well, it's good to know that in times like this, America is not without friends. And
11: even in parts of the Muslim world,
15: a real outward expression of, of, of pain and sympathy for the United States. God bless you. God bless
3: you.
2: Issue. In Tehran this week, demonstrators held a candlelight vigil for victims
11: of the attacks. There's was a great outpouring of, actually, of love for America, of support and of
15: solidarity.
17: All something, something. outside this. the American embassy in Moscow, where people bowed their heads and wept. The Americans
11: had been attacked. There was no excuse, no explanation possible, and the world, in a sense, was on revenge mode. Uh, We had to kill the murderers.
2: The CIA knew the culprit. They told the president it was Saudi extremist Osama bin Laden, the founder of the Islamic militant group Al-Qaeda.
4: We had been projecting a spectacular attack by Al-Qaeda. Here it was. We had the names of some of the people involved that we recognized, they were Al-Qaeda.
2: Bin Laden was operating out of Afghanistan. The CIA said they could use their fast attack forces to take him out. We'd been years working on this stuff. Where everybody else is looking for their maps on Afghanistan, are ready to rock, ready to roll. The president liked the sound of it. The CIA's director of counterterrorism, Kofor Black, would take the lead and set the tone for what was to come.
6: There was a before 9-11, and there was an after 9-11. After 9-11, the
2: gloves come off. My last meeting with Koford, he basically said to me, your job is to find bin Laden, kill him, and bring his head back on ice. And I said, well, that's about the clearest direct of most direct order I've ever received as a CIA officer. I said, I'll do my best. We'll, we'll try to get the job done. Two weeks after the 9-11 attack, a small CIA strike force arrived in Afghanistan. They needed to deal with the extremists in charge of the country and harboring Bin Laden. The Taliban, my team, Seven officers, including myself and three air crews, flew in on the 26th of September. When I began to distribute money, uh, $200,000 here, $250,000 for this, I think they, they were convinced that we, we were sincere. The American dollars bought the cooperation of the Taliban's enemies, rival militias, and warlords
9: remember immediately realizing the horrific choice that was being made. We got into business right away with the warlords who had been running and ruining Afghanistan for many years. These were brutal killers, Uh, and they were up against the Taliban, which were also brutal killers.
2: Devastating American air bombardments did their part to weaken the Taliban.
11: We dropped these massive bombs called Daisy Cutters on Taliban troop positions in the northern part of the country. Essentially, let Afghan forces to rise up in different parts of the country uh, and 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 push out the, the Taliban regime. Within
2: weeks, the Taliban had been driven from the capital city, Kabul.
4: There's jubilation in the cities that we have liberated al is brought to justice, the sooner Afghanistan will return to normal.
2: But for all the celebrating, the truth was that the CIA's primary target, Osama bin Laden, had vanished. The mastermind of 9-11 was believed to be hiding in the mountain stronghold of Tora Bora. A small contingent of American forces joined Afghan fighters
8: there
9: those of us on the ground, you know, a few dozen international reporters, we far outnumbered the number of American uh, special forces and, and CIA who were on the ground there. There was a bigger journalistic contingent at Tora Bora than there was American fighting force.
2: U.S. and Allied forces bombed Tora Bora but couldn't get bin Laden. The CIA team leader wanted hundreds of U.S. special forces on the ground.
6: I asked for, you know, ground support, and I knew that we needed U.S. Rangers. The longer we waited, the further he fell back to the border. The
2: military did not send in the reinforcements. It was a catastrophic mistake
11: because of miscommunication, some bureaucratic infighting. The most elite of U.S. troops weren't dispatched there. We didn't send in the Navy SEALs or the Army's Delta Force.
2: Bin Laden and his besieged Al-Qaeda forces slipped over the border to Pakistan. An early and ominous sign that the war would not be so easy.
11: The fact that he was allowed to survive, the fact that he could then claim to have escaped the most technologically advanced military in the history of mankind, fed into a defeated organization's narrative that served to breathe new life into them and enabled them to survive Operation Enduring Freedom, the defeat of the Taliban and the routing of Al-Qaeda.
2: With Bin Laden still on the run and Afghanistan in tatters, a new reality set in. America, who is now embroiled in a country ravaged by years of war.
4: Afghanistan is a devastated country. Many of the buildings in the capital, Kabul, have been destroyed.
16: The women and men of Afghanistan, all of them are suffering right now. Their faces, out of a Dickens novel, many without shoes and socks. Terrorist car bomb left the square in downtown
4: Kabul, a bloody shambles, at least fifteen dead.
10: Fears remain that the Afghan people's suffering is far from over. President Bush and the presidents that
2: followed would struggle to come to terms with America's role in Afghanistan.
9: There was never the political will. And therefore, the ability to invest the amount of money and boots on the ground and attention that would have taken to have a more definitive resolution of that conflict.
2: It would become the longest war in American history. Pakistan,
8: bin Laden seized the moment,
2: distributing videos, taunting the Americans.
10: When Osama bin Laden talked about 9-11, he sometimes said that the purpose of it was a strategy that he called death by a thousand
15: cuts. By which he meant it
10: was not just the symbolic power of taking down the World Trade Center. It was also the beginning of a process, of a cascade of events that would ultimately lead the United States on its own, through its own decisions, to do a series of things that would, in the end, weaken the United States rather than than strengthen it. That was bin Laden's idea.
15: It is a somber time for this country. The U.S. government has received intelligence that more attacks against Americans may be imminent. It's the possibility that Osama bin Laden may be trying to get nuclear weapons?
13: Osama bin Laden may be closer to building a crude radiological bomb than anyone realized.
10: Disturbing news from Boca Raton, Florida. Another anthrax case, this one in New York. In the weeks after 9-11, in Florida, fear gripped like America. America. Anthrax anxiety has become a plague of its own.
9: Fears over anthrax spread to Washington.
10: People forget, but within
4: a month after 9-11, we were worried about anthrax attacks. They will not take this country down. And we feared then that uh, terrorist groups have tried to get not just biological and chemical weapons, but even nuclear weapons.
13: We don't understand what might happen, and we certainly don't know what to do about it.
2: During President Bush's daily briefing, the head of the CIA, George Tenet, delivered the incoming threats.
10: Every single morning, the president and the top leadership are waking up to a drumbeat of new possible threats, day in and day out, week in and week out, month
2: in and month out. The vice president, Dick Cheney, watched over an encrypted video link, often hidden in what was called a secure, undisclosed location.
17: This was Cheney's nightmare come true. He'd been getting ready for doomsday for years and thought a lot about it. And then on 9-11, it seemed like it was almost coming true. He felt sort of death was stalking him. He kept a gas mask and a hazmat suit um, in a bag in the back seat.
2: Cheney obsessed over the threats, the danger, and the need to act. What
14: 9-11 did was really replace the ideals that we professed in terms of democracy and in terms of of moderation and restraint with a single impulse, survival, and everything else that was done that was contrary to that was thought to be a kind of defeat, liberal, wishy-washy,
2: romantic sentiment. The president had said the war on terror was a struggle between good and evil.
4: It's hard for Americans to imagine how evil the people are who are doing this.
2: And he assured the country of its moral high ground.
4: We're a nation of strong values, and we value life.
2: But the vice president had a different approach.
4: We we'll also have to work those sort of the dark side, if
2: you will. We've got to spend time in the shadows and in the intelligence A lot of what needs to be done here will have to be done quietly without any discussion using sources and
10: methods uh, that are available to our intelligence agencies uh, if we're going to be successful. You have these clashing impulses of how do we hold the moral high ground and leverage that in this global struggle versus the people who at the price of being tough against the enemy, such a terrible enemy, were willing to do things that could end up sacrificing that moral high ground and faithfully compromise America's position in the world.
2: Cheney's dark side approach would be put into action in Afghanistan, where the U.S. and its allies captured thousands of prisoners.
15: I think the response was just part of this whole attempt to demonize everyone and all Muslims who were caught in the war zone so there was a lot of false jailing and capture and jailing of, um, uh, of people who may be sympathetic to al-Qaeda, but had nothing to do with al-Qaeda.
2: Cheney wanted to get tough with the detainees and didn't want international law or the United States Constitution to get in the way. They don't deserve to be treated as a prisoner of war. They don't deserve the same guarantees and safeguards that would be used for an American citizen.
17: Because of this mindset of constant fear, they looked at law not as something strengthening them, but as something that was constraining them. And they looked for ways to get out of the constraints of the law. Law became an impediment to get around.
2: They took the prisoners 8,000 miles from Afghanistan to the American naval base on an isolated corner of Cuba, Guantanamo Bay.
9: The Bush administration argued that Guantanamo was beyond the jurisdiction of the United States. It chose Guantanamo to hold detainees captured in the War on Terror because it insisted that they were beyond the reach of the
15: U.S. Constitution. There was this classic picture, you remember, of all these detainees sitting in a plane being conveyed to Guantanamo, a 24-hour flight. Our eyes covered, our ears
1: covered, our mouth covered. And you sit, sit like
11: this. I mean, you just, I just,
16: I don't know,
11: I like it. I, I cried. It was, it, was, it was young and very, very hard. The detainees were taken from the plane to
2: a place known as Camp X-Ray. Open-air cages. No toilets. No running water. Concrete slabs.
4: Guantanamo Bay's climate is different than Afghanistan. To be in an 8x8 cell in beautiful, sunny Guantanamo Bay, Cuba uh, is not... A a, uh, a inhumane treatment.
16: I mean, we like animals. Okay. Literally, the animals who can behave like humans—that
11: way they were treated.
2: To the world, the photos and the accounts from inside were
9: shocking. Images as they started to come out from Guantanamo,
13: really captured global attention. It brought what many believed to be American values, or what America claimed as its values, in conflict with the images that people were seeing.
2: They called Guantanamo Gitmo. It became a symbol of America's willingness to use any means necessary to right the wrongs of 9-11.
1: To the rest of the world, the people in orange jumpsuits were a symbol that the most powerful force in the world, the United States government, was willing to use the full extent of that power to just brutalize people, including innocent people. And I think it, it permanently damaged our capacity to speak about things like human rights, to speak about things like democracy and the rule of law. And Gitmo had begun to change
2: how America saw it itself. It starts raising a series of questions in our allies and among our own people. Wait a minute. Why are we doing these things? Why are we fighting this war? If we're the good people, why are we behaving
10: in this way? Complaints over the treatment of the detainees is growing overseas and here at home. What they don't have is prisoner of war status, which continues to draw fire from human rights
6: advocates living in open cages, apparently outside American law.
2: Even as the outrage was growing, Vice President Cheney pushed the president to go even further. This time, it would be carried out in secret. The torture of detainees to get intelligence.
15: Cheney believes the only way you can fight these people Is with accurate intelligence and take some fairly what he calls robust measures to break their will to resist.
17: So where do you do that and how do you do it? You keep it secret from the Justice Department. You keep it overseas in countries that agree to keep it secret. You build these things with CIA money so that nobody knows this is going on except Vaguely the president and, of course, the people in
2: the CIA. They would test the secret program on Abu Zubaydah, suspected of running a terrorist training camp. His story was revealed when the United States Senate issued what was known as the Torture Report in 2014. At approximately 6.20 p.m., Abu Zubaydah was waterboarded for the first time. Zubaydah's personal drawings illustrate his story over a a two-and-a-half-hour period,
11: Abu Zubaydah coughed, vomited, and had involuntary spasms of the
1: torso and extremities.
10: He described it to the Red Cross. uh, He can't breathe, uh, and he's beginning to drown. And
2: uh, the feeling of drowning is terrifying. It went on for more than two weeks. Waterboarding, beatings confinement in small spaces, sleep deprivation, freezing. Some who knew the program's secrets said it didn't work and wasn't worth it. We evolved and became
10: the person that we were going after. That's what it meant. That was the consequence. We lost our moral authority around the globe. Remember, even in countries that hated us, they were crying over what happened to America. And we wandered it. What a waste. What a waste. What a waste.
2: Mr. Speaker, the President of the United States. Four months after 9-11, in his first State of the Union address, the president decided to dramatically
4: widen the war. North Korea is a regime arming with missiles and weapons of mass destruction. Iran aggressively pursues these weapons and exports terror. Iraq continues to flaunt its hostility toward America and to support
13: terror. When you do hear that, you perk up, and it's kind of surprising because... Here you had President of the United States uh, addressing Congress and then naming these countries and putting them, lumping them together as this axis of evil. States
4: like these and their terrorist allies
13: constitute an axis
4: of evil, arming to threaten the peace of the world. For a Frenchman,
11: the speech about the axis of evil uh, is simply impossible to understand. You know, it's really coming from another world for us. We said,
4: axis of aviation, what does it mean, you know? I will not wait on events while dangers gather. I will not stand by as peril draws closer and closer. The United States of America will not permit the world's most dangerous regimes to threaten us with the world's most destructive weapons. well begun.
10: But it has only begun. The idea that we weren't at risk just of terrorism, but in fact we were at risk of a nuclear attack, a WMD, and that was an entirely new realm of conceivable combat. President Bush announced to the war that America's war on terrorism will expand. Iran and Iraq, who along with North Korea, were described as
15: an axis of evil. What was really ominous about the speech was this so-called axis of evil.
2: Bush had already decided on the first target, Iraq and its long-standing dictator, Saddam Hussein.
16: You can only understand the decision to attack Iraq in the context of 9-11. I think after the first attack, President Bush was terrified that there could be further attacks. He had failed to prevent the first. So he was looking around, you know, who were enemies of America? Who might want to do America harm? We know that Saddam Hussein has a long history with terrorism in general. Saddam Hussein
2: is harboring 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 terrorists. terrorists Bush and his inner circle made the case. Saddam Saddam Hussein
4: is a homicidal dictator who is addicted addicted to weapons of mass destruction or from word for word simply stating there is is no no doubt that Saddam Hussein now has weapons of mass
2: destruction
9: destruction. there is no doubt that he has used them
4: the United States knows that Iraq has has weapons of mass destruction destruction. absolutely we cannot wait for the final proof but we don't want the The smoking smoking gun gun to be a mushroom cloud it could come in the form of a mushroom cloud Intelligence reports, leaked to the press,
10: splashed on the front page. Some of the most credible, most respected American news organizations, like the New York Times, had written very detailed and, in its own way, supportive coverage of the evidence. Then there was an amen chorus in Washington that was sort of willing to
2: go along with the administration on the chance that it was right.
10: Or an editorial page that the Washington Post was supportive of the invasion. Those lies, in effect, were translated through the credibility of news organizations right there into the field of view of Americans.
2: In Congress, prominent Democrats also lined up behind Bush, echoing the threat of WMD
13: Saddam Hussein has worked
9: to rebuild his chemical and biological weapons stock, his missile delivery
1: capability, and his nuclear program. People who knew better voted for it because they were afraid of of being called weak. That weapons of mass destruction in the hands of Saddam Hussein pose a real and grave threat to our security. You have Democratic, as well as Republican, members of Congress voting for a war that Does anybody really believe that if they were president, they would have chosen to do that? Saddam is dangerous. The
4: world would be a better place without him. But the reason he poses a growing danger to the
1: United States and its allies is that he possesses chemical and biological weapons, and he is seeking nuclear weapons. That undermined, I think, confidence in the American public and their leaders. Who can I trust anymore? The Democrats voted for this war, too. How can I... Why should I trust them any more than I trust the Republicans, you know? On the other side of the debate is continental Europe, where there's
11: widespread opposition to wars. The world was skeptical. When we come to Iraq, uh, Europe was deeply,
6: deeply divided. Overseas, protesters took to the streets in Paris, Tokyo, and Cairo. The British are trying to influence the Americans,
11: while the French are taking the lead of the resistance. No, no, no! No,
2: American protests also began to grow.
9: The largest protest was in Washington on Saturday.
6: Demonstrations in San Francisco also drew large crowds.
9: We flooded the streets. You know, we we were part of a global anti-war movement. I was one of the students leading the anti-war protests in the Bay Area and we didn't stop. We continued to stage civil disobedience, hoping, praying that our actions would matter.
17: The demonstrations have not softened the administration's resolve. For now, the U.S. is preparing to strike with limited international support.
1: The president, of course, is driving toward a confrontation with Saddam Hussein. He knows that people have discounted a lot of the things that he has said. So he turns to one person in his team that he thinks has credibility, and that would be Colin Powell.
2: Colin Powell, a former general, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, under Bush, the first black secretary of state. He had ratings like Mother Teresa. We used to talk about that. Who's going to be top Mom, Mother Teresa, or you? You know, and he'd laugh. Uh, but he did. The American people trusted him. The president, relying on Powell's formidable reputation, wanted him to make the case for war.
10: And he made the decision in the middle of January that it was going to require military action. And he asked me to uh, take the case up to the United Nations. So that speech, why you? Why do you? I'm the Secretary of State. Who else would you send? Uh, you, you can't send the Secretary of Defense to the U.N., the U.N. ambassador, this is a little above that pay grade, and so he selected me, and I think he thought I had
2: uh, credibility to deliver a speech, and it would be believable. Just over a week later, he arrived at the United Nations. The world was watching.
11: It was a a major movement. Power was really showing the world, you know, trying to convince us that there were a WMD in Iraq. He had remarkable credibility around the world. I think many people in the business knew that he had doubts about this. And so if he was saying it, then people would be much more likely to believe that than had it been some other spokesman who had less credibility.
4: Saddam Hussein already possesses two out of the three key components needed to build a nuclear bomb. Saddam Hussein is determined to get his hands on a nuclear bomb.
10: He is so- I was a salesman that day to present a product, uh, but the product was something that came out of the intelligence community. The most damaging piece of material in
2: this entire presentation with respect to the American people was the connection between Saddam Hussein and al-Qaeda, and thus 9-11.
4: I can trace the story of a senior terrorist operative telling how Iraq provided training in these weapons to al-Qaeda. Fortunately, this operative is now detained, and he has told his story. I
2: later found out the al-Qaeda operative was Sheikh al-Libi, that he was tortured by the Egyptians well before this time. That
10: the information he had revealed, he himself had recanted within a week, and so this most powerful moment in his presentation, probably the most
4: influential moment with the American people, was a complete fabrication, really. Leaving Saddam Hussein in possession of weapons of mass destruction for a even after years Powell's years
2: performance, the UN was unconvinced.
4: Post September 11th, war.
2: Bush would put together his own war coalition.
4: At this hour, American and coalition forces are in the early stages of military operations to disarm Iraq, to free its people, and to defend the world from grave danger.
2: After the invasion, the first mission. Find the WMD. The troops spread out.
11: Their work and... When it was revealed there were no weapons of mass destruction, we looked like idiots. We had claimed absolutely that there would be weapons of mass destruction. So it was a a real
1: extraordinary revelation and really very difficult for us to understand. It's the final word. Saddam Hussein had no weapons of mass destruction. The U.S. has come up empty
10: in its hunt for weapons. The lack of hard evidence calls into question one of the basic reasons for the war. When it turned out that the evidence had been manipulated and falsely represented, it didn't just undermine the credibility of the administration, it undermined the credibility of the American media, who had been so instrumental in getting that message out to the public. Containing biological
9: Secretary of State Colin Powell told the U.N. in February that Saddam Hussein was harboring up to 500 tons of biological and chemical weapons.
13: So far, coalition troops have not found one else
2: the administration's most trusted figure had been wrong. Suddenly, the CIA started to let us know that the case was falling apart, parts of the case were falling apart, Um, and it was deeply disturbing to me, and to the president, to all of us. It was devastating. Trust shattered, and Powell, the president, the government.
10: or manipulated it could be a significant scandal for the Bush White House
15: my governments lied to me so often they've lost their credibility with me
10: and it's
13: very very bad if people don't trust and believe what's coming from the White House the long term effect was a beginning of a certain level of distrust of the government that the government lied to them and that we went into Iraq under a false pretense and so we had all of this um, lost lives, money spent, blood and treasure, that was just kind of wasted.
17: You can see the beginning of some of the conspiracy theories that have sort of infected the American mindset. People began to come up with, well, if it wasn't for WMD, is our government lying to us and why? People began to sort of distrust their own government in a big way.
2: At the very beginning, it looked a lot like victory.
11: The United States would be we welcomed as liberators. That firstly, it would be a cakewalk to go into Iraq, and secondly, within a matter of weeks, the country would be stabilized. But like Afghanistan,
16: Iraq quickly became a quagmire watched the statue fell on April 9th. By April 10th, we woke up in the morning and the university was being looted. Saddam's palaces, all open, all looted.
15: Baghdad very quickly moves from a state of joy and euphoria no, that.
8: It's no, that. to
15: one of almost utter bedlam. Looters set upon government buildings,
11: upon businesses. Fires break out. And there are
15: thousands of U.S. troops in the city at that point. But they don't have orders to stop it. The goodwill in Iraq lasted only a few days because the U.S. attacked Iraq without any plan B at all. I mean, there was nobody even to keep law and order in Baghdad, leave alone the the other cities. I, I picked up a newspaper today, and I couldn't
5: believe it. I read eight headlines that talked about chaos, violence, unrest... And it just was henny-penny, penny. the sky is falling, I've never seen anything like it. It's just unbelievable how people can can take that away from what is happening
1: in that country. Secretary
2: of Defense Donald Rumsfeld had overseen the planning for the war, But in tra- now he was doing damage control. It is a
5: fundamental misunderstanding
2: to, to see those images over and over and over again of some boy walking out with a vase and say, oh my goodness, you didn't have a plan. That's nonsense. And so there's one little ride of the street or yeah, something well, when people you met say, oh my hey, I'm on the ground in the summer of 03. Get back. In Iraq, and it's very clear to me that what I'm seeing is very different from what people at the Pentagon are seeing. And it's
4: untidy. And freedom's untidy. And free people are free to make mistakes and commit crimes and do bad things. They're also free to to, to live their lives and and do wonderful things.
10: And that's what's going to happen here.
4: Rumsfeld's
2: disconnect grew as the country continued to unravel.
10: Rumsfeld actually thought and said that we could just go in and then get out. We weren't going to do nation-building in Iraq. And if Iraq imploded, that was somebody else's problem. In Baghdad today, the looting and shooting continued.
17: They still
4: come in waves, carting away metal frames. To
2: fix the problem, President Bush handed it to a little-known diplomat, L. Paul Bremer III.
4: Jerry Bremer has agreed to become the presidential envoy to Iraq.
9: Paul Bremer wasn't a Middle East expert. He wasn't seen as an Arabist. He wasn't a person who was an expert in post-conflict rebuilding, and then he becomes a sort of de facto ruler of Iraq.
2: Paul Bremer arrived in Baghdad with grand ambitions.
16: When Iraq was found not to have weapons of mass destruction, the mission then morphed to installing democracy. So Ambassador Bremer spoke about, you know, we're going to rebuild Iraq like we did Germany and Japan after World War II. And to do that, we couldn't build from the old foundations. We had to create new foundations.
2: Bremer's first step to making this new Iraqi democracy purged the entire Iraqi government of tens of thousands of members of Saddam's Ba'ath Party.
11: And those who were on high before in particular the Ba'athists, who use their power to repress the Iraqi people will be removed that. from office. They threw tens of thousands
8: of
10: people out of their jobs, out of their homes, out of their future, uh, and even robbed them of their position in society. Shortly, I will
1: issue an order on measures to extirpate Ba'athists and Ba'athism from Iraq forever.
15: So there was no reason for these individuals uh, to support the New Iraq. In fact, it was in their interest to oppose it. What was the Pentagon expecting? That American officers would take over the ministries and become minister of culture and minister of health? Um, It was was a, a really abysmal situation.
2: Bremer's second order, disbanding the army and firing hundreds of thousands of soldiers. I was stunned because this was not the plan. Uh, The CIA was stunned,
10: and the commanders in the field out there were stunned, because this was the solution to the security problem. We were going to reconstitute the Iraqi army so that they could secure their country. And instead, we dismissed them. And we turned loose all of these trained military people who might have weapons with them and knew where weapons were.
2: Hussein's former soldiers took to the
8: streets.
12: Week after week after week, the big demonstrations got larger and larger. There was enormous concern where there were actually killings.
11: The army was the central instrument of Saddam's repression of the Kurds and the Shia. I think the decision not to recall Saddam's army, from a political point of view, is the single most important correct decision that we made in the 14 months we were there.
2: Bremer's assertion would be put to the test. In no time at all, the insurgency began. Hell broke loose in Iraq. every week, and then it began to be almost every day, and we were very slow to come to the recognition that we really did have an insurgency on our hands. Exact. Exact. It all ramped up, the insurgency and the denials. In
4: Iraq, difficult work remains. They're making progress against the dead-enders who are harassing coalition forces. The fact is, most of Iraq today is
10: relatively stable.
16: The remnants of the thugs and crooks that looted their country
13: and oppressed their country will be rooted out and they will be taken care of.
4: There are some who feel like that, you know, the conditions are such that they can attack us there. The answer is bring them on. We got the force necessary to deal with the security situation. The war was
14: driven by vengeance and idealism. The vengeance part of it was the attempt to eliminate the people whom George W. Bush referred to as the quote-unquote evildoers, Uh, and the idealism was the idea that these places could be remade as Western-style democracies, that doing so would be relatively straightforward and almost easy. All of those ideas are naive. There's a naivete implicit in all of that.
9: invasion of iraq is proving to be a pandora's box now adding to the crisis of credibility allegations of torture
1: photographs surfaced showing american soldiers abusing and humiliating iraqi prisoners
9: i was shocked and disgusted but i also felt extreme fear of when you
13: treat people like this what comes from that? Yeah. The
10: photographs were taken like by the soldiers themselves. The damage to U.S. interests in the rest of the world is hard to calculate, but it will be significant.
16: The bubble wave was, yeah, it was, it was heartbreaking. Um, it was shocking. Um, I, I wanted to believe, very, I so wanted to believe those pictures were not real. Um, I, I didn't want to think that Americans could do this to Iraqis.
2: The abuse happened at Abu Ghraib prison. Once again, like at Gitmo, like the CIA torture program, America's war on terror had come to this.
12: What was going on at Abu Ghraib came from
0: Guantanamo.
12: Abu Ghraib was a kind of, you know, a consequence of that initial decision uh, of the CIA. It
2: bled out, uh, you know, to all right. All
7: right. I don't need to go into any further of that. Uh, we all know what happened there, and uh, there's many people that have endured uh, these uh, types of horrific treating treatment. Humanity is a uh, dog, uh, and how they treat their fellow human beings in, uh, when they have the, the position of control and power. And that, you, that expands to uh, make men... And women do things to one another that is unheard of, and it's disgusting. And that type of power and control can never happen here in America, but it is happening. Look what they're doing here politically in this country right now. They're silencing opposition to Joe Biden. Donald Trump is ordered to be silenced. How can that be? How in America can someone who's accused be silenced? How can you be silenced when you're accused? It doesn't matter whether he's guilty or not. How can American due process, the standards of our due process, our Constitution, demand silence of Americans, any American, for that matter, that is going to stand trial or stand to face their accused? Matter of fact, you're not even a lot of face your accuser most of the time now in America. Right down from business practices to war to whatever it may be. Uh, Just look at places like eBay. Amazon, PayPal, these big corporations that have so much control and power over our way of doing business, they, you have no recourse when you shop with them. You have When you interact with them, you have no recourse. You have no way to dispute transactions. You have to do it through a bot on a computer. There's nobody you're going to be able to call on a human being. Call I've demonstrated that very thing on my podcast here many, many times. Remember when I called Amazon and exposed them. Flat out exposed Amazon. We had someone from, uh, I think his name was Alex, from the Philippines. Flat out openly admit, we don't care about the customer. We don't care. We don't care. We'll close your account, take your money. We'll do whatever we can want to do. Flat out said it. Live on my pod. Live on my podcast. Amazon. Now, this is just one example. I don't want to turn this into an Amazon show, but I'm just saying. This is the horror, horror that we as Americans are allowing to happen. Walmart, PayPal, eBay, uh, all these huge companies that control online purchases. They're with their guidelines, and they're here to protect us for security reasons, your two-factor security login system. You've got to do this, jump through hoops, submit your DNA. Now they've got voice recognition. It don't sound like you. They'll lock you out of your account. You don't have your PIN number, your password. You type it in too, too many times the wrong way. They'll lock you out. This is what happens. We allow control over us. We allow this control I opened up tonight's podcast with the facts here in my county. They want to put a casino, whether it's good or... It's, I'm even debating with some of my friends. Oh, it was a good thing. Just saying, you know, you're going to get good jobs there. Hey, you could apply for a security guard job. License there. license you know, You'll make good money. No. No. The will of the people don't want it. They don't want their farmland torn up, and we don't want no casino here. We don't want it. The people have spoken. But the people are not heard and they're not listened to because the people we elect, this smart Alec Barrow there, he's a the commissioner. I've campaigned with him. I'm not with him, for him, but, but side by side, we were standing at the polling place. This guy, Barrow, Houston Barrow, he's a county commissioner. He ran for North Carolina House of Representatives in 2018. You know, hey, big promises, guy. Yeah, freedom, all this. Yeah, I stand with you. I like what you say. Yeah, restore the Constitution. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yet... He sat up there in his chair on the stage with his four other county commissioners and told the crowd, hey, any of you guys could have bought the property. You didn't have to allow it, and then you could have stopped it. Yeah, who's got the money to buy 200 acres of land? And and who knew it was for sale? I didn't. It's not like they put a for sale sign over there. Nobody knew that land. It was owned by an old farmer. Nobody knew it was for sale. And even if somebody did buy it, they'd use eminent domain laws to take it from you. They'll rezone it for something else. But my piece of advice to the people out there in the county, the people anywhere for that matter, when you want to try to fight these things, you, what you want to do is, is, is look at the, if there's any type of extinct insect, uh, endangered uh, animal, insect, tree, flower, if there's anything that is on that land that has any type of closeness to the extinction then that is huge. They have to stop it. They have to stop any type of development on that land and anywhere in the vicinity of that land. Okay? And that's huge. That's one of the big things that still you can fight these people on. So you guys go find find a little dandelion that's rare and it's in a book there. You know, go find something and then report it. You know, there's lots of ways. Use their reports, their testimony, their documentation, their files, their evidence against them. Use what they have against them. Use their own material against them. And that's how we could defeat these people, by restoring the republic. That's why I say elect people. They use, they do what they did to us. Infiltrate them. Infiltrate them and bring good people in there and use their system against them. Use their case law against them. You can do it. It can be done because they have a dishonest system. It's a broken system. It don't work. It operates on greed, power, and control. And greed, power, and control eats itself up. It's an old maximum of law. Big fish always eat little fish. Okay? Always. And they'll gobble each other up and not know it. You have to understand how to use the system against themselves. You can do it. There's ways to do that. You're not going to go in and fight a war against these people and win. that's suicide. Who are you fighting? Ghosts? You're going to punch up at the sky? Who are you fighting? The government. Who's the government? Who's You're the government. How could you fight yourself? You know, it's just like the war on drugs. How can you declare war on your own people and expect to win? The war on drugs. War. You know what war is? You can't. So you have to use their ways again. You have to use the same system that they have, that they're using to defeat you against themselves. And you have to flip the script. You know, if you can do it, you can do it. And they're liars. The truth will always come out. The truth will always come will prevail if you apply the truth the right way and honestly. It may not seem like it, but it will. But it takes people to do that. It takes people to come together to do that. It doesn't take large numbers. It takes a few, though. When you've got a few voices, that are, that, and people are willing to listen, and they are, and they see those few voices taking action and applying themselves and making a change, whether it be a systematic change, slowly or quickly, you can defeat this evil. You can. There's no room at all. There's no room in a room filled with darkness for a little bit of light there's never any room for that okay because you can't have complete darkness with a little bit of light and if you're that shining beacon of light you'll be noticed and you can you can overcome that darkness we can I mean, it, but it takes all of you to do it. You've got to come together somehow, some way. You can't be lazy about it, and you can't be distracted with your own personal vendettas and missions and goals. You've got to sacrifice. You've got to put what you think is right off to the side and, and apply what everyone else believes to be right and fight for it. And people will take notice, and they'll follow you. They'll, they'll walk with you in the battle. I've seen it done. I've, in the smallest, most unnoticeable places, I've seen uh, uh, leverage in leadership to do the right thing. Even when there's nothing to win at all, but just to make a difference, I've seen it. It can happen. People will follow you. They'll walk with you. They'll fight with you. It, it can, you know, There's still some goodness out there, and there's still good people out there that are willing to stand up for what's right. But if we're standing on a, on a foundation built of sand, then how can the righteous ever, 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 ever gain ground or, 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 or build something solid when it's built out of sand? You know, it can be done, man. We can do it. But again, we've got to come together. We've got to focus like a laser beam on this on one particular subject at a time and knock them all out boom boom, boom one 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 you know you just you can't be fighting all over the place. and this and this and that and this and that you you can't you can't fight on a million different to- topics and ways complaining about a bunch of stuff i mean look at this you got so many issues out there that we that we we don't know which one they would tackle first we don't know which way we're going and we get lost in the mix and before you know it this guy fades away this guy dies off and and they, they 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 win and they defeat us. And right now they're winning. But we've gotta stop we gotta stop this. We've gotta stop the madness. We've got to. You know, I read my points and a lot of what my plan is in the beginning of this podcast. I mean that's just I've read a lot of stuff, but that's not all of it. But that's some of the work I've got stacks of stuff here of research that I've done. I stay awake five o'clock in the morning, I sleep sometimes fifteen, twenty minutes a night, that's it. You know, I can go 5 5 6 days without sleep. You know, but then I start hallucinating and I got, to, you know, sleep for a whole day and a half and catch up when I'm busy. You know, I don't need to sleep 12 hours, 13 hours a day be a lazy son of a bitch out there. You know, there's work to be done. There's things to do. You know, how could you rest? How? You'll work until the Lord's return. Work until your creator comes back. We got to fight. We got to stand up for what's right. You know, there's no time for laziness. There's no time to put things off. There's no time for fun and pleasure. And I want to go out and watch football, and I want to play games. And there's no, 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 no. There's work to be done. I need a vacation. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't need a vacation. Vacation. That makes me sick to listen to people say that. I'm on vacation, Yeah, you idiot. You know, come on. i want to go to the beach. I need a break. Yeah, go to the beach, jump in your shark-infested water. Hopefully a shark rips your arms off. There, and then you'll know it's like. You know, you idiots. Out there surfing in sh- shark water. Or surfing, a bunch of surfers, dumb. Riding a wave. You know, idiots. You know, come on. And then you want people to rescue you when you're getting swallowed up by a shark. You know, I had people shark attacks up there, and, um, the, you know, I was watching these people with a guy got half his leg chopped off or whatever, he's walking with a cane. I still dance, I still go on the surfboard, I'm not going to let it deter me. I'm not going to let it deter me. Oh, yeah, you're a hero, pal. Yeah, you're a hero. You're an idiot. You know? Anyway... Six five seven three three zero six one six uh, or my crank call. I haven't even looked at the phone board because I just got frustrated with the the uh, nonsense and the idiots calling in, you know, threatening me and doing making fun of stuff that they don't know nothing about. You know, you, you, you don't, you don't, do, you're not doing anything to disrupt my podcast. You're not doing anything to deter me. You're not doing anything to upset me where it's going to affect me if I'm going to lose sleep when I decide to sleep. It don't. Trust me, I sleep very peacefully when I do go to sleep. Very peacefully. I don't worry about nothing. When I walk outside, I don't worry about none of you. None of you going to attack me at all. I don't worry about it. For your cowards, you're not going to do anything. Come on, and if you do, you'll be the first one to tell on me, making up a story. You saw to me first. Uh, I'm telling a statement. You know, come on. Jerks, idiots, especially those that, that homo there from God's Rainbow Ministry. I've seen you in the chat room. Oh, let's see. Let me check the phone board here. Anybody out there you want to talk to here? You want to jump in here? All right. Let's see. Well, we got one guy here. Let's see here. Two oh nine, two oh nine. Go ahead. What's on your mind?
0: Oh, uh, what's going on, Joe? Oh, Shibaka.
7: Shibaka.
0: There he is. How you doing? Yeah, okay. Yeah. In 12 minutes, we're getting ready to go live. You know the number, 516-418-5996. Uh, the yes. The dump, as in human waste. Okay, he's supposed to be getting indicted 91 counts. You know what I'm saying? Uh, his bond is $250,000. The SOB belongs in jail on a no bail hold. You know it, I know it, and the American people know it. And I just want to make that perfectly clear. Over but, Shabaka, why
7: do you dislike Trump so much for why? What has he done to you or anyone you know that makes him so bad or, or the principles of what he stands for? What has he done that, to aggravate
0: you? Okay. Okay. Well, you know, various statements that he made, particularly with the Central Park Five, you know, he's saying that these guys ought to get the death penalty to find out that they were innocent. So I'm... Comparing that to the Emmett Till case, uh, Carolyn Prine, who admitted that she lied in regard to Emmett Till, allegedly whistling at her. You know, she died off in a rest home, and she should have walked the concrete. You know what I'm saying? Okay. In a five by six. Okay. Also, too, <clears throat> these uh, sellout black politicians and celebrities so uh, your boy Larry Alder is one of them just like another asshole. by the right? name of uh, you don't like Tim St- Scott right no nah, man can't stand him you know he's the uh, Amos and Andy you know what I'm saying do you and, like any politicians and, any of
7: them any of them at all uh, do you, is there anyone you do like
0: Okay, any politician? Okay, well, well, well I lost yeah. faith in Barack Obama, you know what I'm saying, because he went with an alphabetized agenda as opposed okay. to using his executive power to stop the police from murdering unarmed black people. And this is Okay, the day in black that's a good one, that's a good one. Hang on,
7: that, hang on, let me stop right here, stop right here. Okay, what could he have done with executive orders that was constitutional to stop police from murdering uh, black people?
0: Okay, one is he could have signed an executive order, okay? He could have ordered the attorney general to have uh, done it. He also could have ordered his vice president, who is the current president, who is an avid racist himself, Biden, that he did not want his children going to school with black children. And then, you know, I think of the Little Rock Nine, and then I think that the current governor of Arkansas, Huckabee, she belongs in a zoo, and uh, she wanted to take down the memorial to the Little Rock Nine, who had uh, risked their very lives. And then, of course, the little baby Ruby Ridges uh, None of the white teachers Wanted to teach her When she uh, had went You know To a uh, public school You see what I mean And then you gotta yeah, but Keep sorry, in mind. No, sorry,
7: Those are stories But what could they have done To stop it What could they have, You said executive order Executive order uh-huh. Implementing what
0: Oh, one of his first executive order should have been is to shut down every police agency in the country, you know, or particularly how could he do that to Shabaka. Shabaka,
7: Shabaka? you're a smart man. You're very wise. I know that. Come on now. How mm-hmm. could he shut down every police agency and then still have peace in this country?
0: Okay, then he would just have to simply put federal officials there that there would be the US Marshal Service, I believe. Okay, and have them thoroughly And you don't vaccinated. think blacks would get
7: shot then? You don't think black people no,
0: would well, be shot then? Well see, well, see, that's just it, though, Joe. I know they will be, and this is why, you know, this here marks a sad day in black history is where Huey Newton was murdered in 1989, so 11 plus uh, 23, that would be 34 years ago. And uh, yeah. Dr. Newton, uh, you know, he had emphasized the Second Amendment, Sarge and I, and yourself, we have debated about this. But also, too, Joe, uh, we never did get a chance to talk about Montgomery, Alabama. And in Alabama is where my ancestors slayed. And I now really appreciate the church you talking about the children? Okay. Uh, uh, well, not only that, but also, too, where they had the riverboat situation there earlier oh, it was this riverboat. month. And yeah, yeah. yeah yep. and then the chairman of Montgomery came out there when he himself was attacked. And I really appreciated it, how my people got together, you know what I'm saying, in return force, with force, because uh what are you going to do, man? Die on your feet or live on your knees? You know yeah, that's I mean? true. And, yeah, that's you know, true. Okay, and so then... You know, the mealy mouthful uh, police chief of Montgomery, well, we're making arrests and all this old type of stuff. And then, you know, when they was hitting that man and kicking that man and, you know, a bunch of good old boys out there full of that JD and that sour mash and got that false carriage and the chairman of uh, Montgomery went out there and he proved the point about a folding chair, Joe. It is a multi-purpose device. You unfold the chair to sit down and rest your ass, and then what you do is that you fold it up to defend yourself. And they okay. jumped on this man. They, they ordered it, and then watching him getting thrown in the river, and there's a song called Wade in the Water that was very popular in the 1960s, and I think it was made famous by Nina Simone, if memory serves me, uh, correct. You know, because you're younger than I am, and I'm yep. going back over 50 years ago. and My mind is not what it used to be when I was in my 30s and my 40s and uh, what happened. But Chewbacca was black and white. Oh, okay. If we put if federal troops,
7: Shabaka, on every street
0: corner. Okay. And
7: I got a mm-hmm. private caller here who's, ju- who's jumped in here. It might be Sarge, so let me connect him. If it's Sarge,
0: that well, would be great. The Hopefully it dollars is. to donors. That it is.
5: <laughs> Hello, private caller. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Man, man, you
5: most like it. <laughs> you're getting more psychic every day, ain't you, Shabaka? Oh, yeah,
0: Sarge. you going on in six minutes, or not So, after you finish up I know, I ready Joe, to come in on you in about
5: six minutes when I just got in. I'll be over there, too. I'll be over there in about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be yeah, yeah, continue
0: yeah. We'll continue this on the other to... side. If yeah. you will yeah. have us, Shabaka, we continue this. Okay, say that again, Sarge, you fade it out. I
5: said, we will continue this on the other side of the hour... If you are willing uh, to have oh, us. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah, yeah but Sarge, Sarge,
7: you know. hang on, Sarge, he says federal troops on the streets of America. We need to be- shut down all police agencies. <laughs> and, 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 that and why one. do we
5: need this? And no, two two why do we need, need to have federal troops on all streets of the city of cities of the United States? Stop shooting black because, people. He yes, says stop know, shooting black people.
0: You black people stop shooting
5: black people?
0: Okay, well, sorry. We
5: need federal troops for this? Hang on a second. Wait a minute. I want to make sure this is, I, want to be, I don't want to distort Brother Shabaka's argument in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I want to know no, specifically, okay. do you want federal troops for the purpose of stopping black people from shooting black people because 96% of black people are there murdered by black offenders?
0: Okay, sorry, I didn't say anything about black-on-black shootings. That is a tragedy as well, too, and uh, we'll be emphasizing on our podcast, you know, why that happens, because it does boil down to the plantation system. Oh, and by the way, I wanted it to be known that I definitely... not well, you still asking my question missing. about federal
5: troops, though. I'm waiting for that well, now, so, is that why we need federal troops?
0: Okay, Sarge, let me put it to you this way. We, okay, rather than federal troops, man, we need some type of independent uh, agency that has the power of the police to go murder them. Because after George Floyd, what Derek Chauvin did, that was intentional. Uh, just after what Stacy Coon, Lawrence Powell, Ted Racino, and Timothy Wynn did to Rodney King, you know, that, that, that wasn't a case of excessive force. Sarge, that was simply attempted murder. Okay, and this is why when, uh, let me see. Bush Jr. No, wait a minute. Bush Sr. had uh, ordered a uh, federal investigation into that case after Los Angeles gave the United States the worst urban ride in U.S. history. Okay. Uh, it just goes to show, Sarge, as we stated before, like I've told Joe and like I've told you, is that the police evolved from the slave patrollers. You see what I mean? And then in any Under the Future the Slave Act of 1857, Piazza and myself had argued this point is that uh, they were permitted to go across state lines, even to the so-called free states, to bring, you know, slaves back to the slave owner. And only Lord knows what happened to a man when they got back, you know. So we appreciate Harriet Tubman, you know, she did. We appreciate Marcus Garvey of uh, what he did. We appreciate Malcolm X of what he did. Uh, we appreciate what the former heavyweight champion did what he did, you know, sacrificing his prime years when he refused uh, to go to Vietnam and all those sides. We, you've been there and we recognize you and what have you you say yeah, Geronimo Pratt good. we were both there, we were both there. Oh, oh, oh oh yeah oh yeah, most definitely and Geronimo Pratt. Thank God for Johnny yeah. Cochran, well, you know, because Johnny Cochran took his case pro bono. Johnny Cochran had also taken a lot of cases in South Central L.A. pro bono in his younger years and whatnot. And then uh, to mention the fact is, is that when our youth are deprived of this knowledge, you see what I'm saying, particularly with this current culture that you've got going on with hip-hop and what have you, I appreciate the art of rhythm and poetry, but all that advocating killing ourselves and glorifying negative things, you know, we're in America's ghettos, as you know, Sarge, from Chicago to Los Angeles to San Francisco to Oakland, to New York City, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, New Orleans, Louisiana. Now, now hold, Indiana, on, now. hold on a second.
5: Now, now I understand now that you've relented a bit in your demand. Now you've relented from federal troops to some sort of independent agency. And by the way, would this independent agency be a federal agency by any chance?
0: Okay, let me put it to you this way here, Sarge. Okay, what we need to do, man, is that we need to get, you know, somebody who knows the laws like you, although that you enforce the laws that you swear to uphold and protect in the great state of Illinois. But, however, we know Chicago was the home of Al Capone for many years, and they had certain traditions there to quote Mayor Daley of what he told Dr. King when he went through Marquette Park okay then another scenario to look at is straight out uh separation okay now let's look at uh, Minnesota okay uh, where Derek Chauvin, you know, had murdered George Floyd, and it was murder. Anytime you put your knee on somebody's neck who was bound, rather handcuffs, robe, duct tape, you know, electrical tape, scotch tape, or what have you. And this individual says that he cannot breathe, and you're still doing this. That proves your intent. Not to mention the fact that the man had urinated on himself. So that goes to show that he was very, very close to expiring and, uh, uh, which he did so our uh, hearts go out to his family and then not to mention the thugs with badges you know who did a uh, young man there down there in Memphis okay and them no good so-and-sos you know they need to do extra time in jails because you know they killed one of uh, their did own did you hear people.
7: my intro tonight uh uh sorry I mean uh uh, uh did you hear my intro
0: uh, no, sir, I didn't. And then also, no, too, didn't. Joe, I've got 30 seconds, you know, to get you. To up. I know, you got to go, you got
7: to go, I know. I, yeah, would, I really I want you to go. hear that. It's about four minutes long, I know, but you would have liked it. I'll uh, I'm
5: I'm come over there and if we can explore this on your show, I will be there with
7: Bill. Yeah, 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 yeah maybe you'll let me sir. play okay. my intro, uh, my recorder. It's about three and a half minutes long, and then I'd like your opinion on that, actually, because it, it discusses a lot of facts. You know, about the okay. uh, woke agenda And, you know, whatnot If you allow me to It's your show, of course, you know
0: Oh, yes, sir Okay, all righty Okay, gentlemen All, all right, righty. well, I'll see you okay. over on your
7: platform uh,
0: oh, ready. Yes, sir And that's okay.
7: Chewbacca
5: there Okay uh, Okay uh, ready.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay
5: Hey, Joe, well, man I got a lot of questions for not believe it. You gonna believe that Yeah, I, I know I do, questions. too I, I want to flush this out a little bit But by, I got yeah. I a little interesting historical tidbit for you, too, uh, uh, Joe
0: Okay, I've I to a book in my hand
5: right now called Churchill's Third or its a British plan to attack the Soviet Empire in 1945 the author of Jonathan Walker and it's a detailed plan to recruit among other things 10 divisions to re German soldiers and attack the Soviet Union sometime after July of 1945 to prevent further incursions into Western Europe. And they wow. started the plan they started the plan while the Battle of Berlin was still raging in late April and May of 1945.
7: That's interesting. Wow. That's interesting. I never heard that one.
5: I think it's called Operation Unthinkable was the name of
7: the plan. I remember the and end. We, what did they have going on, Sarge? They had something going on. Uh, oh, the Lone Wolf Project. or They had something going yeah, on, I remember. And, and
5: we're, we're, when it was revealed, once the Churchill said it was just a contingency plan, but I'm reading it, and it's pretty damn detailed. Wow. Wow,
7: that's interesting. I'd like to know a little bit more about that. All right, well, I'm going to get ready to head over to uh, uh, Shabaka's uh, uh, platform there. Uh, hopefully he doesn't mute me every three seconds, you know.
5: He <laughs> <laughs> ain't been doing a lot well, of mute have... lately, but it will talk a lot, though. you got well, to listen to I'm sorry about the podcast.
7: Yeah, I'm sorry about tonight's podcast. I opened up with solutions of what I would do as as elected, but as a lawmaker here in North Carolina. But I had something I had to take care of because I was gone all day today. I was in a hearing down in Raleigh, so uh, but so I was so I just kind of slapped the show together real quick. But so I just figured I'd throw a recording on there because I didn't have anybody. I didn't see you or anybody else on the phone line, so I said, "The heck with it." My show's been low lately. I haven't been getting the caller volume I have. It's only been about eight nine callers on the call board.
5: I forgot my I forgot my phone. I was out so when I got back in I picked it up and
8: saw that
7: were still on. Yeah, yeah. All righty. Well I'm gonna head over to Shabaka's show and uh uh thanks for tuning in at least, Sarge. I appreciate it. I appreciate you uh yes. uh at least attempting to tune in. I'll pl- I'll close this out with uh uh let's see here. Uh what do I got here? Uh, I hope I got something here. I, I had something I was going to play here. Um with the militia, I guess I have one of my little intros. It's only about 3 minutes long, but uh but if those of you uh who are interested in um in uh, uh uh continuing on with the podcast, I'll be over on Shabaka's platform there. What is it called? What's the name of the show, Sarge? Do you remember?
5: Uh yeah, it's uh oh shoot, shoot. cuz it got a different <laughs> name.
7: Uh, uh I know. <sighs> I, I don't remember the name of it. He'll, he'll have a chat room. He'll have a chat room. He'll just look for Shabaka. Chewbacca. Shabaka's Black Experience, I think it's called or something. I forget, man. Darn it. I wish I had the phone number, too. I'd give, but I'd give out the phone number. Uh, what well, do you guys would just have to look it up I on Black? I saw Talk. it a moment
5: ago. I saw it a moment yeah. ago. And, you know, I'm on the page right now. I don't think he's opened the show yet. It's might be a little late. Oh, no. going. Oh, it's called, oh, it's called. Cool. today. It's called... Current situations. Okay, current situations. All right, Chewbacca well, Shabaka's uh, Black yep. Experience Enhanced.
7: There you go. Shabaka's Black Experience Enhanced. Sarge and I will be over there, and uh, this should be an interesting discussion. Hopefully it, it does turn into that. I know his, his cohorts can't stand me, so <laughs> I'll, clo- I'll close it out with something from the, the three percenters, I guess you could say, from a little history here. Three minutes long, and then I'm over to Shabaka's.
12: All right. See label. Never amounted to more than three percent of the colonists. They were in turn actively supported by perhaps ten percent of the population. In addition to these revolutionaries, were perhaps another twenty percent who favored their cause but did little to nothing to support it. Another one third of the population sided with the king. By the end of the war, there were actually more Americans fighting for the king than there were in the field against him. And the final third, they took no side, and blew with the wind and took what came. Three percenters today do not claim that we represent 3% of the American people, although we might. That theory has not yet been tested. We do claim that we represent at least 3% of American gun owners, which is still a healthy number, somewhere in the neighborhood of 3 million people. History, for good or ill, is made by determined minorities. We are one such minority. So too are the current enemies of the Founders Republic. What remains, then, is the test of will and skill to determine who will shape the future of our nation. Gun owners will not disarm, will not compromise, and will no longer back up at the passage of the next Gun Control Act. Three percenters today say quite explicitly that we will not obey any further circumscription of our traditional liberties and will defend ourselves if attacked. We intend to maintain our God-given natural rights to liberty and property, and that means most especially the right to keep and bear arms. Thus, we are committed to the restoration of the Founders' Republic, and are willing to fight, die, and forced by any would-be oppressor to kill in the defense of ourselves and the Constitution that we took an oath. And restoring
5: our
7: republic, understanding the times in which we should live today. Uh, I promise to have something next week lined up uh, that will work out a little bit better than tonight's. So, God bless. Take care, everybody.